What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a we had a great Masters week. It was it was fun. You had all the storylines in the world. You had a comeback. Um, you know, Brooks Brooks arguably fell apart. Rom arguably cruised in on Sunday. Um, and then you had Sam Bennett as well with the amateur. What did you think of the week? It was awesome and terrible at the same time. Through about what would you say Saturday morning? It looked like one of the top five worst masters we've ever seen. And then after about Saturday at about 1 PM at five masters we've ever seen. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough start for sure. Um, but you know, we got there over time and, and, and eventually it was good. I do think the stopping and the starting potentially hindered it, especially as well. Uh, you know, there was a lot of delays, a lot of tree damage, evidently, too. Like, that was another thing that took some time that nobody no really got hurt. anticipated. Yeah, thank God nobody got hurt. Um, but, yeah, it was just a lot of little things that just took way more time and, and just kind of slowed it down. But once things picked back up, it, it turned out to be a really exciting Masters. Not not necessarily for me in terms of DFS or bets. It wasn't my best week of all time, but I, I broke even. So, uh, and all, all things considered, uh, I enjoyed the Masters. What what would you say is your is your biggest takeaway? Like now, Rom's got a got a green jacket. Does this change anything for Rom? Does this? Well, Rom is officially now the number one player in the world, so he has that and a green jacket. Um, I'm not sure why he's playing this week. I thought it was pretty weird that you win a Masters and then you fly out to South Carolina, but good for him. Um, I was really impressed. You know, Sam Bennett. Everybody was really high in the Sergeant coming in because he is the longest hitter on tour, arguably maybe behind Brandon Matthews at this point. Um, yeah. Sam Bennett is currently playing 36 holes carrying today. He is a dog at Texas A&M, won the USAM. And um, on top of that, for next year's Masters, now in addition to the USAM victor, the 2024 NCAA single champion will be included in the Masters field as well. So it's adding another college player. So that's great too. Wow. Um I think the only hinder that I had outside of, you know, mother nature and whatnot, this masters was the CBS coverage. There was a lot of talk about that where I felt like you and I were both watching. I had featured group to my left and broadcast to my right. And it felt like they were simulcast for about 71 holes. Yeah, it was, it was tough times. It felt like it was a lot of the time where you could only see the same three or four groups. Um, I mean, some of it was great because, like, I felt like I saw every Tiger shot. And, you know, obviously that's a that's a major selling point for a lot of people, so I understood why they did things like that. Uh, but, like, Sung J.M. finished T-16. I might have seen two shots from him all week. Colin Morikawa. I Colin saw Morikawa one shot was on 13. I only saw his putt on 13. That's the only thing I saw of him. I mean, Tom Kim played decently. I saw very little of him. I'm trying to think of the other big names. I mean, thank God they finally got around to Phil Mickelson on like Saturday afternoon, but the first two days he was playing decently and they had no coverage of him um, up until he started contending with Jordan. Yeah. Uh, shout out the live guys, three of the top six players inside three of the top five, depending on where you put them. Cause it's technically tied for fifth yeah. are in. So um, they should definitely, in my opinion, receive world golf ranking points for that OWGR. I know there's going to be, a, there's gotta be a huge, restructuring or that because that's ridiculous that you know a guy like Patrick Reed top five Brooks Kepka top five Phil Mickelson top five aren't receiving what they're supposed to yeah um but good on them now they're all back invited to next year's math well Phil and Patrick Reed will always be but now Brooks for sure too I'm trying to think it's top what 10 that get invited back again 12 top 12 all right so Sam, <laughs> Sam Bennett's in then too no I think he, he finished, finished 17th 
Oh, did he fall off to 17th? That sucks. I wish he would. It'd be, it'd be real fun if he could come back, but we'll I would see. assume I actually, you know what? I don't know that. I will find a way to say they should invite the top am back, but I don't know if they do that. Cause he technically didn't qualify. Yeah. I, It'd be great if he did in terms of storylines, but who knows what's going to happen there. He'll probably turn pro. Uh, yeah, exactly. They'll find somebody else next year to be the new hot hot amateur face to throw into the scene. Um, anybody that stick out to you in terms of disappointments? Because I have a couple of guys that really kind of uh, shine, Rory. shine bright. Yeah, Rory's one. Uh, I wouldn't call Justin one. Thomas one either. That He was in, I think they said Friday morning, he had a 100% chance of making the cut. And then obviously he didn't. Those conditions were as bad as I've ever seen play on the PGA Tour ever. Yeah. You know, yeah, outside Justin, of Phil's chipping on hail. Yeah, I mean, Justin Thomas missing the cut because he's getting downpoured on is 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 one thing. Rory McIlroy shooting like 18 over on Friday in the sunlight before the weather got bad. Uh, not really a lot. Now, I'm being facetious. He didn't actually shoot 18 over, but I want to say it was seven, six maybe. Um, it was not a not a good uh, Friday by Rory for sure. For the outright favorite, yeah, not what you're supposed to do. Um, the other one that really hurt me too was Corey Connors. Um, Corey Connors was in a similar boat. I think he was even par on like the twelfth tee box. He was like four under going into Friday or something like that. He was in great shape. Yeah, and and again, like. I knew he was going to kind of stay steadily. He wasn't necessarily going to maybe push up to like first, you know, second round leader, but I want to say he was right around even par, maybe minus one on like the 12th tee. He ended up shooting plus seven. So like what happened on those last six holes, man, like you can't be doing that on a major and especially somebody like him who has as much um, good course history at Augusta. It's a little unfortunate that it kind of fell that way. He was yeah, the same one of those price courses. as Brooks. Same what? price. Corey Connors, I look back on DraftKings specifically. I don't know about FanDuel. Uh, on DraftKings, Corey Connors was the same price as Brooks Kepka, which was really sad. It was Corey Connors, Siwoo Kim, and Brooks Kepka, all 7,600. And I think we took two of those three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took Corey Connors. You took Siwoo. Neither of us took Brooks. No, I think you had Siwoo too, or maybe that was a bet. Uh no, I I was way too heavy on Corey Connors. Well, yeah, it was it was a wild week. I mean, to say the least, Masters week. I you know me, I took all four days off of work. I had a TV here, a TV here, and a computer here. It was awesome. Um, a couple guys. There was a lot of withdrawals due to injury, illness. Kevin Na was the big one. Um, yep. well, I guess Tiger was the big one. I he's getting so much unnecessary slander. Those conditions on a body like that, he's basically 30% human at this point. Um, that's just, he can't go stop, start, stop, start, cold, stop, start. If there's any middle-aged man listening to this right now, or even, you know, if you're a retired athlete, if you're 17, you know you wake up with some aches and pains and you're just crying about going to work. Now have a steel rod in your foot. Now have a steel rod in your leg. Have a fake spine. All these things contribute, and he's not young. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where the moment Jack and I kind of looked at one another after seeing that he was, that you know they were blowing the horn as much as they did on Friday and Saturday to pause play, we kind of looked at one another and we're like, yeah, Tiger. I don't know if Tiger's going to have the ability to finish all four rounds here, and we might just have to understand that. Um, the other big injury news is Will Zalatoris. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Um, he had another back surgery, which is not. Wasn't it back? He actually, no. So it was the back. Apparently he 
disclosed it incorrectly. So the first quote unquote surgery, there was no surgery. It was just him doing um, additional rehab and training. Yeah, I know. I came out oh, today. That he, so this is actually his first surgery. All right. So never mind. This is his first back surgery, but not based on the initial wordings and what we had been exactly. told previously. Um, but he's out. He actually never ended up teeing off on Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, if you had him, I apologize. I, I didn't hate him this last week, but I just never got to any of him in my lineups. And I kind of lucked out because even though I didn't play that well in DFS, I at least, you know, had six guys play at least two days. Um, yeah. My, uh, in my big fan duel money with a bunch of my family and, you know, you saw that entry fee. Yeah. One of the guys had Kevin, Na, Tiger Woods and Will Zalatoris in a lineup. And there's nothing he could do after after 18 holes, two of them withdrawn. Um, oh. Yeah, and no, all of them withdrew. But you know, one yeah. teed off for nine holes, one teed off for zero holes, and one teed off for 30s. I don't remember how many holes Tiger played. 36. No, he didn't even get through 36. No, yeah, he got. No, he 30. made the cut. He played like 40 like, holes. Yeah, like 52 or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a weird time. Um, the, uh, did he have Rory as well? I mean, did he just want to complete yeah, the trifecta? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did he have yeah. Did he have Justin Thomas? Like, let's just go like six for six. No, no. but then he had like, I, he was like Brooks Kepka and Gary Woodland. So he was like, <laughs> he was he was like the six out of like it was like weird. Was, how do you even do that? But you know. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's do this. Do you want to go through DFS now? We've we've done a little bit of talks in terms of Masters. Uh, Masters is great if you're newer if you're a newer golf fan if you're newer to DFS. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, that's kind of what you look at each year when it comes to Augusta. It's a, it's a, it's really, the pinnacle. Yeah. It's a really fun week. I mean, if you don't want to DFS bet this past week, you probably won't want to DFS bet any week. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot of fun. A lot of big names, a lot of enjoyment. And hopefully you guys made a lot of money. Uh, Jack, how'd you do in DFS? DraftKings and FanDuel. I both won in single entry and double up, even though it was a sweat. DraftKings went five for six on making the cut. Louis Oosthuizen, um, his elbow was basically being attached or basically kind of teetering off the bone for the last like month and a half. Hmm. Um, but I figured this week was going to be a lower scoring week because of the weather. So I took a gamble that didn't pay off. But having Scotty Xander, Sungjae, and Patrick Reed all basically finish in top 20, placement points carried me that. And then FanDuel, Scotty, Xander, Sungjae and Taylor Moore was a huge budget play. Um, helped me out a ton. Jason Day almost screwed me out of the money on FanDuel. Oh, yeah. Jason Day. Fun times. Um, All right. So on both DraftKings and FanDuel, my lineups weren't too different. So I'll just start with this. Um, Again, I'm not going to go over too much, but I had Rory and Corey Connors and both. Um, They both missed the cut. Um, I had I had Dustin Johnson uh, and Jason Day in both. They both finished T48. I think on Sunday between the two of them, they shot 15 over, um, which is not fun. You know, that's a quick way to lose out on some money. Um, and then my other guy I in DraftKings, I had Justin Rose, who finished T16. That was kind of my one bright spot. Um, and then in FanDuel, I had Max Homa and Taylor Moore. That was a T43 and a T39. I think Max Homa shot about six over on Sunday. Um, so you did up to Saturday. You'd be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if you take all, all of my, like both of my lineups and you just chop out their Sundays, I think I actually was like right on the money line. Um, which is hilarious because, again, only four made the cut in FanDuel and three made the cut in DraftKings. But all of them were within top 20, so it was really nice. But, yeah, after really bad Sundays from about 
three or four of them. I uh, I did not win any money on DK or FanDuel this week. Absolutely. But now to the big one. So for those who don't know or might be tuning in from anything over the past couple of weeks, I did 29 bets. And the reason I did this was at the beginning of the year, I said, for every unit up, I am going into Augusta. I'll have a bet. I placed 29 bets. <laughs> um, I won't go over all of them because we don't have that much time. Well, we do, but no one really wants to listen just to that. Say, just say big winners, big losers. Yeah, um, big losers, I would say, was Corey Connors' top Canadian. Um, him, you know, Mackenzie Hughes, I think was like seven over on Thursday and like five under on Friday. It was really weird. Um, Jason Day, top 20 at the end, killed me. Um, I'm trying to think of that one. Scotty, bogey-free in any round. He was like two five-footers away on first round and Sunday. Yeah, he had no um, putter had a, all weekend. If you had any ounce of a putter, you probably hit that bet too. Yeah, for those who don't know, after I think Saturday, he had lost like 8.76, well, 8.76 shots on the field and putting. Um, so you do the math on how good his ball striking is. He was he was last in the field on putting. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was a tough scene. But yeah. Sunday was a little better, but he smoked that tee shot on 12, like 40 yards by the green. It just killed him. Yeah. Um and then the other big one that I had, well, that was my favorite bet, a hole in one on 16. They got close, didn't hit. Um, But Tiger Woods making the cut was a unit. Xander top 20 was awesome. Patrick Reed top 30. Scotty top 10. Phil Mickelson top senior. Jordan Spieth over Patrick Cantlay. Didn't think that was possible going into Sunday. (laughs) Yes. Um, Taylor Moore top 40. That was awesome. Um, Sung JM top Korean and top Asian. On the FanDuel or the sports book that I placed it at, there's no dead heat reduction. It's including ties, which is why I use it. Um, so that was great. And then I hit a little Sung Jay top 40, Xander top 30 parlay. There were others, but I won't get into that. Long story short, up 2.74 units on the week. So we're up to a grand total of 31.94 units up in 2023. There you go. Still winning on your 29 bets. So it was not... a sweat. Yeah. That, well, after I had like Sergio, Louis. When they started to withdraw, I'm like, oh, crap. Tiger withdrew. Oh, crap. I just yeah. saw the red line the screen. Yeah, the red started lining up, but the green came through in the end. Um, all right, I did not do 29 bets. Again, I'm I'm kind of teetering still right around even money on bets. So uh, Jack's been kind of cruising on all that, but I'm just kind of hanging out here waiting, to, waiting for my time because I don't think I've gone uh, 100% yet on any week yet for bets, which is just kind of wild to think about. Uh, but I'll get there. Uh, for my best last week, I had Max Homa T30 at minus 150. It looked really good on Saturday night, but that was a loss. Um, I had Rory McIlroy top 20 at minus 190. That was a loss. Um, I had Sung JM top Korean at plus 125. That was a win. I had Corey Connors top Canadian at minus 165. That was a loss. I had Victor Hovland top Scandinavian at minus 275. That was one I just threw in there because all you had to do was beat Alex Norin. Uh, not difficult, but again, a free minus 275 in my eyes. Um, so that was a win. And then one that I was really kind of surprised to see that I threw in right there at the end was Justin Rose, T30 at minus 115. Um, kind of grateful I I threw that one in. That ended up kind of helping me out. So I went three for six. I ended up losing half a unit in general. Um, so now I'm currently down 0.95 units. 
Um, so I'm down one unit, but again, I'm, I'm close enough where if any week I decide I'm going to start actually hitting more than half of my bets, I'm going to be in the green. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely hard because you take a look at the bets you lost. Brewery top twenty outright favorite. Yeah, Max Homa top thirty. The whole the whole kind of I'm not trying to think of the right word. Storyline was he's going to break this major drought. He's going to come in and put up a good performance here at Augusta, which he was. And yeah. then I just think you know what Augusta one thing goes wrong, you're done for. And I think we saw that with J Day, DJ, you know, Homa, where it's just kind of a it was a kind of a steamroll effect. But then you have, you know, like Victor Hovland. And for anybody out there that's like, oh, minus 275, get up your plus 700. A lot of these people are hitting one out of every 22 bets and trying to crack even. Yeah. You know, these bets over time, you still won, what, 0.38 units back on that bet. If you do that, a minus 275, and you hit five of those, you're up 1.7 units. I mean, yeah. there's some people it, don't think like that. But, it's just you know. not as flashy for some people, and yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure that people want the flashy play. Um, but I kind of in my mind knew I wanted a quote unquote like lock or more like just solidif- one solidified through. number just to see a win. And that was one where I was like, I think this is pretty much a, like a see a win happen, and it worked out that way. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people now that everybody on betting Twitter is like hundred dollars. John Rahm Masters parlay, Tiger Woods to win the Olympic gold, yes. you know, Sean White to come back, snowboard, you know, it's like all these stupid things. Yeah, absolute insanity. Um, so unfortunately, just it, I, you know, safety sometimes is the is the, the best mean, mindset. Yeah, I was seeing parlay was like John Rahm to win the Masters and then some XFL team to win their game. I was like, who who puts two hundred dollars on this? <laughs> uh, people got people that got way too much money to throw around. Um, all right. Are we doing wild picks or are we doing winners? Let's go wild picks. We can go really quick on wild picks. <laughs> yes. Um, we went over four as a group. Uh, <laughs> mine was Scotty Shuffler to be in the final group in round four, which that was a fun bet. I had a couple of fun ones in there, like hole in one on 16. This one was really fun to me. And then I had Scotty top five, Xander top 10 and J day top 20. It could have been closer. Yeah. Jason day obviously had the day he had on Sunday. And Scotty never got his putter rolling. But if you take a look at the placement, it wasn't too far off for a plus 14 hundo. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful. Um, in terms of mine, I so I had the two. I'll just say it I actually had a third one that I swapped out for this first one. Um, I ended up throwing Tiger in top 20 at plus 250. Um, I kind of figured it wasn't gonna go too hot, but it was also a wild pick for that reason. Um, I knew, you know, with the weather, I knew it was gonna be tough. Um, so that was a loss. I had Max Homa, Hideki Matsuyama, and Corey Connors top 20 at plus 900. Um, again, Homa and Hideki, I was say Homa and Hideki played solidly, uh, but Corey Connors uh, did not. Um, and then my third one that I ended up not using was in contention for a little while. I had Scotty and Jason Day T20 at plus 400, uh, but that one didn't end up mattering, and I didn't even use that as an actual wild pick. Um, that was one I was just kind of monitoring on the side because I swapped it out about 15 minutes before we started last week. It happens. And then for winner's picks, I had Scotty and Xander that were both tied for 10th. I will take that any day. Though. Yeah, it was a solid, solid showing from you. Uh, I mean, you used two big names, but it was a good time to do it, especially at, the, at a major. Um, I did. Sung, I had Sung J.M., who was T16. I had Dustin Johnson, who, again, shot, I think, plus eight on Sunday. And finished T forty eight. 
Um, to be honest, I don't know how many times you can use Dustin Johnson. And to be fair, if you pick the live guy, you probably played decently this week. I just picked one of the like five, the one of the five live guys that played the worst, uh, that realistically were in contention was the one that I ended up with. If you did like a Patrick Reed, a Brooks Kepka, I mean, even like Cam Smith, I think played better than them. Yeah. And for anybody that's just tuning in and wondering, like we picked big four names, of course, but the way we do it, because I know a lot of people have tuned into our master's podcast, yes. was we're doing PGA Tour fantasy rules where instead of just picking the top seven guys and kind of layering a reason why, just kind of throwing a dart on there, we're picking one big name and then one kind of a longer shot. Um, I know you hear the name Dustin Johnson and Xander Shoffling don't think they're necessarily a long shot, but compared to the rest of the field, they were like the 22nd and 32nd best odds to win the master, something like that, so in a smaller field like that, where, I mean, the last 10 guys are like Larry Mize. No offense to Larry Mize. You're not cutting it. Yeah. Shout out to Freddie Couples, though. Yeah, Freddie Couples uh, came through and, and played solid. Again, some of the old the old guys uh, came through this week, and they played decently. So if you snuck them yeah. into your, to your lineups, I mean, you probably won some nice money. Listen, we are both lefties here on the Turn Dog Golf podcast. We're not the biggest live fans in the world because we had an initial hot reaction where, we're, you know, we're getting steamed, warmed up back into it like a nice steamed vegetable. I mean, Watching I mean, you film. were a little stronger on it than I was. I'd like to point out you, Listen, had, you had a little more of an opinion than I. Golf did. to me is like my child, so it's a little <laughs> bit that you're attacking. But seeing Phil Mickelson in a featured group at Augusta National on Sunday, where he shot what sixty five, yeah, was awesome. You know, it's I wouldn't say it's bringing back memories, but they show when he's jumping up or he's hitting out on you know twenty ten out of the you know the wood chips and. It was just awesome. It just brings back so many memories as the golf nerd and lefty. Yeah, I saw the flop shot and I muted. It was like, ah, I missed that, Phil. That was fun. That, you know. Oh, good hold on. we're talking about flop shots. Sam Bennett, you are a freak with the wedges. <laughs> yes, that's true. I forgot about that. All right, Jack, we 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 got to get off that. We got to get to uh, the RSM. I know. I'm sorry. I wish we could stand uh, on Augusta all the, the entire year, but unfortunately, that is not how it works. I want a November Masters again. November Masters, yeah, maybe twice a year. All right, we are going to the uh, the RSM Classic at Hilton Head. This is a par 71, totaling 7,190 yards. Last year's winner was Jordan Speed. Um, just in terms of a couple things to know here: driving and driving distance, driving accuracy. All things driver-related mean very, very little here. The big things you want to look out for are strokes gained off the tee. It's much more important. Only about 58% of the time do golfers actually hit the green on the approach shots. Um, So you want to make sure guys have at least mediocre around the green play in order to to give themselves a good, uh, good opportunity here. This is the shortest average driving distance course on the tour um and then again it's all about greens and regulation you really just need somebody that's gonna be good with wedges and putters here um so that is a big momentum that i kind of took into my FanDuel DraftKings and bets um i also did a little bit of course history although to be fair course the course history and the greens and regulation uh ratings based on pgatour.com are actually not that far apart if you look at them Generally, if you're good, you know, if you're good around the green and you played good at this course, it kind of makes sense that those two coincide. 
Uh, one of the big things to notice, though, if you're looking at this event for course history, uh, this is an elevated event, and usually it's it's not this deep of a field. Now, again, we're getting a lot of withdrawals, and, and Jack, you might have to pay more attention in terms of people that have already withdrawn because I know Rory did. I don't I don't know who else has specifically off the top of Rory, my head. Rory, Will Zalatoris, I think Jason Day did. Okay. Um, and I know Spieth came out and said he's so fatigued playing golf every single weekend, being the defending champion, he's going to come back. But um, that's just something to stay on the lookout for because a lot of these players like Rory, with his withdrawal this week, lost his PIP bonus money or qualifications. Yeah, and so again, that's that's the big thing. It's just that this is not a normal, not normally this high of a field. Um, so with it being an elevated event, just expect that it's going to be a little bit more top heavy. So I'll just say it right now, like Matt Kuchar usually finishes like top five in this event. You know, might want to take take it into account that I think he's still going to be good. But he might finish, you know, T25 this week just because it's a little deeper of a field. All right. That's uh, that's my notes this week. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? We're going to group together the 11 and the 10K range on uh, DraftKings here and get started? Absolutely. So we are going to DraftKings DFS at the bottom at 10K. It's Colin Morikawa. And at the top, your new green jacket holder, John Rahm, who I'm still shocked is playing this. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um. I do think it's a little bit interesting in terms of this, these five guys. As weird as it sounds, because of the way that this tournament plays, my favorite guy here is kind of Patrick Cantlay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tournament he does really well on. Let me pull up his history it's here. Boring. I mean, he, it, it, it is playoff boring. last yeah. year with Spieth. You know, on that 18th hole when you're hitting three wood and you have a long iron end, Spieth just hit it closer. That's yeah. the reality of it. Um, Shout out being a nerd, remembering that. But um, Cantley, I think, took a lot of slack last week, deservedly so, even for me on Twitter. Um, but his only bad finish this year has been, what, the waste management where he just was, like, outside top 60 and missed the cut. But yeah. I think everything since then has been top 25, so he's been playing well. Yeah, he's been playing good. I mean, in terms of his finishes here, T7, T3, he missed the cut um, in 2020. That was right at the restart of the season. Um, so if you remember this, I think was the second event in 2020 Played it in June, I think. Yeah, they played it in June. So I'm sure he was probably just warming back up his swing because it had been four or We're five months rounds under your belt. You know, it's different. Yeah. And then and then again, last year, he finished second. Um, so generally, Patrick Cantley plays really well on this course. He's also fourth on tour in greens and regulation. Um, so he plays really, really well here. And again, he's the second best ball striker on tour behind Scotty. So he just fits all of the metrics for this kind of a course. So he's he's my first guy I'm going to. Um, I don't hate Morikawa either if you if it works for you in terms of your lineup construction. He's got really good approach. Um, he just his weaknesses are that he doesn't hit the ball as far. And then again, he has a little bit of challenge on the greens. Um, you don't need to have a, a huge amount of distance at a course like this. Now, the greens are going to be a little skeptical, but again, as long as Colin has middling green play in terms of putting, I think that his approach play could carry him this week, and that's kind of the same to be said for Scotty. Um, if his putter is middling this week, then he has a chance to do really well as well. Yeah, I think Cantley is my number one too, which I don't say that too often, unless we're in the Tour Championship that he's the favorite. Um, but... <laughs> I like him a lot this week. I think boring golf, and I'm not saying boring as in 
as a golf fan myself and like a lover a nerd when i say xander shoffley and patrick cantley are boring i think that's some of the most exciting golf to watch for me because it's strategy based but it just in terms of what is happening i'm going to hit it to a spot in the fairway i'm going to hit it to the spot on the middle of the green like 25 2015 masters i'll always say but I don't think Rom has as much incentive for this tournament as he did the Masters. Um, I know it's not necessarily a, a tangent on why he shouldn't be picked, but from him and Scotty, it's six hundred dollars less than uh, or more than Spieth even. So I think you save your money because the nine K and the eight K categories. I mean, we're basically at a major. So yeah, this is a really deep field, especially in the top what fifteen names or so. Um, so if you do a Rom or Scheffler, it's, you're just less likely to get another high end name. Yeah, um, so and uh, Scheffler, I think this is one of those events where putting is going to separate a lot of guys. I need to see four rounds of Scheffler putting before I go any further on putting him at 11K. Yeah, now that now that you've seen him struggle like he did at Augusta, you you kind of want to see it, which I totally understand. Um, Spieth, again, Jack just said it. He's get, like he's tired. I think he's going to be fine this week. I think I'll make the cut, but I don't think it's going to be a – you know, laser light show, like top five finish from Jordan. He's not getting pumped up in the car to go play. You know, some events like the Masters, these guys have it dead set in their mind for, I mean, starting today for the 2024 Masters. When you come out and say you're fatigued before an event, you're dragging yourself there. I mean, again, I know they're still playing golf, but you have to hear it. Everybody gets tired for work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, well, do you want to do you want to rank these top five guys in terms of what? Yeah, you in terms of what I like, I think it's Cantlay one, Colin two, Scheffler three, Rom four, and Spieth five. And that's I I you can make an argument for any one of these, and I'm not going to say that's bad, that's good in any way. But I think Cantlay boring play. Morikawa is the best iron player on tour. Scheffler, with one, arguably losing almost nine shots around, yeah. finished top ten in a major. That's ridiculous. Rom just wanted a green jacket. Spieth, just that fatigue comment really scared me. Yeah, it's 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 worrisome for me as well. I think I'm pretty similar. I'm, I almost think you could swap Scheffler and Morikawa. I think they're kind of intertwined between two and three. So maybe that's what I'll do. Um, I'll go Cantlay one, Scheffler two, Kawa three, Rom four, Spieth five. Uh, but again, if you if you put Ka- Morikawa at two, I'm not. I don't flinch at that. Like that's. I think Scotty and him are pretty much you know two A two B kind of deal in my mind. So makes sense. Yeah. So all right, nine K range. I'm excited about this category. It is Hovland at 9800, and then Max Homa at 9100. There is one guy in my opinion that stands out above the rest. Which guy? Cam Young. Cam Young. Okay. I am on the Cam Young. Last year, he opened with that ridiculous 63 where he's like three shots ahead of the field. Um, I think this is an event he can go back to and go, I just finished top 10 in a major at the Masters. I've played really good golf outside a little bit of the players. And I think waste management, I think everybody was a little bit teetered on him, but he's got four rounds of consistency. His ball striking was on another level. If he can get that putter hot, oh my goodness, we might see a victory. Yeah, I think Cam Young could be interesting. Again, I'm always a little worried about getting the Cam Young when I think he's going to be popular. In yeah. Fin- in finishing T3 here last year, um, he fits this kind of a course well. I don't dislike him. I just don't know if I'm going to be as on him as much as others because, again, when he's highly liked, he tends to not really perform to his abilities. Um, I do think Hovland's going to be a really interesting play. 
this is not necessarily this is like a continental u.s play but it's the closest thing you really have to a to a resort island type of course again you're in hilton head it's not long um i do think he could fit in a in a course like this i don't hate xander at 9300 usually he's a lot more expensive than this usually him and like spieth switch spots in terms of pricing so he's a thousand dollars cheaper than what he normally is he's played this event three times he's never like finished higher than i think 25th but he's also never finished worse than 50th so he just kind of middles here um i don't know if i love that in terms of you know maybe i want somebody with a little more win equity in this range but uh i think he's a solid option at 9300 yeah i don't know why necessarily but i think homa scares me a little bit i think he he looked as wobbled mentally as i've ever seen homa watching four rounds of him at the masters so i just want to see a couple more rounds out of him deep uh before we go any further and then fino i he looked good at the master at he, the ability to go oh. he's played bad here in the past uh fino was like i think one for four on making the cut here um he doesn't play well here for whatever reason maybe it's because he's like family vacation week for the female. Oh, stop that. <laughs> That's no. the worst excuse in the world. I hate when people say that. He's just no, having a good I, time. No, I know, I know. But again, he just doesn't play well here for, for whatever reason. I'm going to avoid him. Um, I think Cam Young above him or Xander below him is a better option. I do think Homa could be dangerous this week. This could definitely be like a, like, like a hey, Homa's pissed that he didn't play well at Augusta. He's going to go out the first like two days and shoot 64 piece and just say, just say, good. F, it, F it to everybody. So I could, I could see it. And he would be a really good contrarian pick in that route if you want. And he's cheap. Way. I mean, him and Xander arguably are the two cheapest prices we'll get him at all year. All right, Jack. And if we're all set at 9,000, the guy that is the lowest price I've seen him in four and a half, maybe five years. Justin Thomas at 8,900. The last time he was below 9,000, it was 2018. He was 8,800. And that was the week where he won the tournament after being that price. Since then, he has not been below 9,000 in at least four and a half years. He's always been above. Again, he missed a cut at Augusta, but not his fault. Yeah, but whenever he doesn't, like, whenever he's undervalued in a situation like this, he plays well. It was the same situation at waste management where he was kind of undervalued and underappreciated he proceeded to finish i think t5 that week so i don't hate him in terms in terms of an option this week especially at 8900 uh, but there are a few other names in this 8k range i like as well um it does round out on the bottom at 8000 with sahith the gala and again justin thomas was up top at 8900 jack who do you like so number one i really like sahith the gala i'm trying to not say sahith since I know that's now incorrect, I always called him Sahith and then heard him say in an interview with Sahith. Um, outside of the players, where I think that was his only miscut of the year, maybe outside of like, I think Sanderson or something like that at the beginning of the year, dude has more, I think, top 20 finishes than anybody else on tour. I think he might be tied with Scotty. He's been killing it this year. Masters momentum, your first major, you go top 10. That's the momentum you carry, and I think he looks really good. A lot of these cut players aren't necessarily going for distance and forgiveness. He's matured since last year's waste management where he took that ridiculous line on 17, still mentally there. Him, Shane Lowry, and Sung J.M. are my top three plays, but I think a lot of people are going to sleep on Sam Burns this week too. Yeah, I think uh, outside of Justin Thomas in this in this range for me, Shane Lowry is my next big guy. Um, he also, again, a lot like Patrick Cantlay has a really good history here. 
um, T3 miscut, T9, T3. Um, so he's played really, really well. In terms of iron play, he, he gets 15th uh, for greens and regulation on tour. So he also makes the list. Uh, so he's good there. So I think he fits well on a course like this. And again, he's played well. I think his history is going to be just fine. Um, he's starting to kind of peak after he missed those two cuts in a row at the hero and then waste management. So he's starting to come together. Um, so I like him. One one guy that I'm surprised is is could be a good fit on this course if he's healthy is Fitzpatrick. Um, he's got good course history, T14, T39, T14, T4, and then a miscut. Um, so he's played well in the past. He's got decent greens and regulation. He was just outside of top 20. Brutal. Uh, what? It was Damn. brutal because I had him missing the cut as a master's bet, but it was good to see him coming back. It looked healthy and good. And again, this is definitely a risk award pick here with Fitzpatrick. Um, the history, the history shows well, he's got decent greens and regulation, but it's still a little early to hop immediately back onto the train. Um, so I'd be a little weary about him at 8,400. But I think those two and then Justin Thomas are, are are kind of my interesting picks in this range. So do you think also a guy like Tom Kim might be a lot of separator in some lineups? Because we talked all year about how his or excuse me, his putter doesn't look good. His putter doesn't look good. And he comes out at Augusta and his putter is starting to teeter back on above average. So now that you go back to a different style of green, different style of grass, different style of everything, do you want to see four competitive rounds out of him or do you jump back at him? I, I think this could be a good week for Tom Kim. Um, again, it's a shorter course which is always a story with Tom Kim. Um, he doesn't have the same driving distance and length as a lot of the other guys on tour because he can, can't even drink legally yet. Um, but if his putter's back, which, again, it potentially could be based on the Masters, it's very early. This is the kind of course that you could see him do really, really well at. Um, he did well at, like, the Sony. He's done well at the Wyndham. I think he won that last year, actually. Um, but again, those are both courses that are quote unquote shorter in terms of tour. And this is another one that will fit that mold. So I think this could be a good week for him, but you're, you're really kind of pushing the line. If you want to get there, um, no judgment if you do, but I'm going to, I'm going to avoid it and let everybody else kind of risk it this week. I made that mistake last week with going to Corey Connors. And I think I'm going to not try and not do the same thing this week with a similar situation with Tom. Kim. The metrics all lined up though. It, yeah, it all lined up, and it makes sense that Tom Kim would be good here, but I'm just going to save $200 and go to Shane Lowry. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I think this category is going to be good. There's going to be Wolves. Like, JT's either going to boom or bust, because I know a lot of people are going to see that 8900 price. I know I'm sure I will. Wednesday night when I'm sitting in bed, can't sleep, and I'm going to make 15 DraftKings lineups. Yep. He might teeter. I think Sam Burns, that 9 out of 12, is going to be a little bit of a, a deterrent for some and a hit for a lot of others. This category, I think, is 90% hit or miss. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of boom bust, especially uh, with a few of those names in there, for sure. Uh, Fleetwood and Thagala, are they just kind of going to finish like T20, T30, kind of like usual? Just yeah. kind of middle of the road. I mean, it's not in Africa, so Tommy's not going to win. True. Um, maybe Sahith will pull out. I mean, second at the RSM, fifth at the Zozo, sixth at the Fortnet, ninth at the Ma I think the ninth at the Masters is the biggest confidence boost you can get. Yeah, um, definitely. A chipping on 16, the Tiger Woods shot, not really, but you know, it was close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um that that's just going to give him all the confidence and that that rejuvenates that you know, you're playing golf every single day 
That's a job. It might become a little bit repetitive. That's just going to bring that juice back, and I think he's motivated. Definitely. All right, uh, 7K? Yeah, a surprisingly good and bad group at the same time. It's really hard to describe it. Keegan Bradley at 7,900. And then, honestly, not as deep of a 7K range as I might say normally, but Steven Yeager. Emiliano Grillo, Mackenzie Hughes, Aaron Rye. Interesting group here for sure. Aaron Rye, back off of the injury report again, by the way. Oh, is he? All right, good. Um, first name I'll say, as funny as it sounds, I don't think there's going to be a lot of action on Corey Connors this week. I think a lot of people are going away from him. Um, he is Especially the casuals where yes. they saw him win, they put him in, and then he tanked him. Yes, exactly. Um, so Corey Connors is 14th on, on, on greens and regulation on tour. Um, he's played well here in the past. He's not a course history goat per se. You know, he's not like a top five or top 10 guy in terms of course history. Um, but he's played decently here in the past. And so I think that this is kind of the week to get him because I think a lot of people are going to be scared to get back to him. Uh, if you want a true course history goat, go to Matt Kuchar, 7,700. Uh, T3, T18, T41, second, and T23. The guy has made this, the cut here 15 straight years. Um, so if he's got good odds to make the cut, go feel free to just lock that in right now and you know, get your free unit, basically, if he's like plus 100. Let me tell you, while you talk about him, I will get his cut odds real quick. I might throw it in my bet once you get it. So, yeah, he plays great here. Um, Also, in terms of greens and regulation, he is currently 19th. So, again, he fits the mold there as well. Um, So, he's got all of those. Uh, One of the names that I wanted to get to, but I realized probably just shouldn't get to this week, is Ricky Fowler. Um, The guy just hasn't played great here in the past. Now, arguably, different Ricky Fowler than he's been the last four years. I'm just kind of staying away from it. Again, it's been a few weeks since we've seen him. Um, he didn't play at the Masters. He might hold that as a grudge, but I don't really want to mess with it. Um, Siwoo Kim is going to be great for iron play. Um, that'll be solid if anybody, you know, if, if you think iron play is going to be important here, which which it will be, but you also need to be able to putt a little bit, uh, which Siwoo doesn't always do the best job of. Um, he can be a good option here. And then I should have one more. Well, I'll let you talk about I give Taylor Moore, I'm assuming. Of course I do. And by the way, Matt Kuchar is minus 275 to make the cut. What? Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, if you want your free lock, I guess like, like it was with Hovland. Absolutely. I think um, Ricky's a good choice here because he's not hitting the ball 350. He's hitting mm-hmm. a lot of control play. And I think with the change to a little more tour muscle back style iron, it's really helping him out. So I, I really like him this week. I think a lot of people might sweep him under the rug. I think Justin Rose is another great option. I really like Wyndham Clark again. He's been on a tear. He's playing his, you know, his best year ever, and he's still 7,600. Blowing my mind. I know he's played a lot. A lot of these Barracuda, uh, Barbasol style events where, you know, Roms, Scheffler, Spieth, Roy aren't necessarily in the field, uh, but he's still playing really well. You have a guy like Taylor Moore, top 40 in the Masters, won the Valspar, four straight top 40s with the win. Um, Outside of him missing the cut at the Genesis, I think that number goes to like seven of his last eight inside top 40. So he's been really, really good in some big fields. Um, You take a look at a guy, um, where was he? Oh, shoot, shoot, sorry, sorry, sorry. Thomas Dietrich, I will go back to the well on him. I know your dad's watching or listening. Um, shout out Thomas Dietrich. He's been struggling a little bit, but this is probably the cheapest number we'll get him at all year. 
He's probably a cut lock. Yeah, Thomas Dietrich is going to be a solid one. Um, I, I actually initially, when I ran through and started making lineups, I, I actually threw Thomas Dietrich because I was curious about him. Here's name enough. It'll come in your head. Exactly. Uh, 7,300, by the way, JT Poston. Um, he's another guy that plays really, really well in this course. Uh, T6, T8, miscut T3. Uh, JT Poston is also really good at greens and regulation. He's 12th. And he lives um, there. And he basically lives in the, does he actually live in Hilton Head? Yep. There you go. So that's another good reason to get to him. The last guy I'll mention, just because he's legitimately hotter than Satan right now, is Ben Martin, 7,100. Um, statistically speaking, outside of, I think, Justin Rose, who has arguably been hotter, um, this is one of the most legitimately like playing really well guys on tour. Um, I'll just list off his last few starts. He was T13 at 18 T Pebble Beach, T5 at Honda, T54 at the Players, T45 at Valspar, T8 at Corrales, and then T10 at Valero. And again, this is a guy you're getting for 7,100, um, who is arguably one of the best golfers in terms of finishings in the last eight, 10 weeks. Um, so at 7,100, I like him at the bottom of your lineup. He's, he's your fifth or sixth guy. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. I'll just list a couple more names that were present in the Masters and we saw him complete a couple rounds. Adam Scott, tremendous finish. Um, you had Min Woodley, he missed the cut. Gary Woodland's in this category. Chris Kirk. You have guys like uh, Billy Horschel has played well here in the past. Um, Harris English, great performance. Um, I think outside of Saturday and Sunday, he was like a couple under, which is nice. Uh, you have Maverick McNeely, who four months ago was $2,000 more than what his price is outside that shoulder surgery. You have guys here like Denny McCarthy who are known for putting his last two finishes are top 20 Ryan Fox top 30 in the masters. And before that, Valera, I think he was like dead last, but you know, it happens. Um, you have Bez Davis, Riley cam Davis, who I think has done well here in the past two. Um, so there's guys in this category that you can get Justin Saul, like we've talked about before you can get to guys here. Yeah, it's uh, I I definitely like that bottom of the seven K range. I think there's a little bit of a drop off between them and this and this six K range. Um, unfortunately, there's probably about three names in here, maybe four names that you really kind of want to be okay getting to. Other than that, I I I don't love this range for most of it. Uh, but who sticks out to you at sixty nine hundred? You got JJ Spawn, Brandon Todd, all the way down to Davis Love the Third and Max McGreevy and Kelly Kraft. Shout out Davis Love. Yeah, they um, got Davis Love. If I'm going to get to, which I really don't want to, JJ Spawn would be my number one guy. He's top 10 in bogey avoidance inside the PGA Tour. And this is the cheapest we've seen him, even though he's not playing bad. So it's really weird to see him at this number so you can get there. Brandon Wu's done well this year. I know everybody's going to talk about Akshay just because he's a hot guy in the field. You have Stuart Sink in this field, 6,500, who has won here three times, including in 2021. So everybody's going to count him out. But if he gets hot, he's going to make the cut, at least, I hope. Yeah. Um, then you have guys like, you know, Ernie Ells, who haven't lost a ton of distance. Callum Terran, who will randomly pop off for a top 10. You never know with some, you know, Nacho. Um, there's a few of those out there for sure. Um, uh, somebody, some of the guys that have played well, Phil Dahman's played decent here in the past. Um, 
Again, I know that there's some injury concerns with him. I think he was dealing with something. Let's hope he's through that. Um, so if you want to be different, you can go there. Ben Griffin, he was, you know, really on top of the world for a little while there in terms of finishes. He missed the cut of Valero. I think that'll probably help in terms of keeping people off of him. So at 6,900, I don't hate going to him. Um, I'm I'm big on Akshay this week. Um, he's eighth on tour in greens and regulation. Again, you might say that that's a abbreviated statistic because he hasn't played a thousand events this year. I don't really care. Um, I think it still fits. And at 6,800, not a lot of other guys on this list that are going to fit that mold at 6,800. There was one other, Lanto Griffin was coming off an injury. um, So I think he's viable in terms of this. Once he gets fully healthy, he will not be at this price. Um, Again, he was, he did a corn Ferry tour event, T16. He played Valero. He finished T15. So if he's fully healthy, which is always a debate when people are coming back from injury, um, 6,800 really is kind of a steal for him. Yeah, speaking of injury, C his debut in the 2023 PGA Tour schedule coming off that injury. Two other guys that I'll just quickly talk about. And again, at this price range, all we're hoping for is a made cut. Bo Hostler will randomly pop off for a top 15. You don't know when, you don't know why, um, but he's going in that trajectory. It goes like 100, 146, middling, then like 15, 15. So I'm hoping our category is at the right time there. Um, another guy, Garrett Kigo, which I know you've hit on a couple of times for making a cut, especially at the beginning and, and middle of February. Yep. He's been hovering around a lot of these cut lines. A lot of his bad rounds have been Sundays. So those numbers in placement 60, 50 is a little bit elevated. He's been playing really good this year. So he might sneak a cut in. Uh, I'll say the last two names. If you want to go with some old heads at 6,400 uh, Luke Donald. Shout out the former number one. So he was a former former number one. If you look at his history here, um, he has five seconds and three thirds. Now, again, that is from arguably when I was a prepubescent child um, in terms of time frame. It was at least 10 years ago. Uh, but at 6,400, he's a good number to get to. And again, he's he's going to he fits the course mold still. Um, and he doesn't need to hit the ball 600 yards in order to get it off the tee. Um, last one I'll say too is just Zach Johnson. Um, kind of a consistency play. He's still been playing really well. He was T34 at the Masters. Um, so outside of you know Fred Couples and Phil, Zach Johnson was probably the best quote unquote old head um, in terms of finishes. So I don't hate going back to that if you want to continue to kind of stash him in the bottom of lineups and keep making money off of him. So those are the two guys I kind of like. Now here's a fun one, Kevin Kisner is playing the worst golf we've ever seen him play. He is 6,400, and I know, I know it's bad, I know it's bad, but there's, there's two things he's known for. It's good iron play and good putting. I, I understand, but let's just not mess. Like, let's not rock the boat. There's, But if he gets a top 40 finish or anything close to that, don't you think that number of percentage owned is going to be a really good factor that might, I, and I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying, is it worth a play if you're deep and looking at, you know, level and high guys first? If, you, if you're at 6,400, why mess with the volatility of Kisner when you can go to a Luke Donald or Zach Johnson? I mean, it's just... By don't, way, if, if we said that six months ago, we'd be off podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would have been ostracized and kicked to the corner at 100%. But it's just, it's just why mess with Kisner's volatility when, as funny as it sounds, 
Luke Donald and Zach Johnson are sadly more consistent. Put that on is, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I, I am scared that that is not going to get clipped for like six years from now. Kevin but, Kisner, put it, put it, put in the victory, put in the winner. What's his odds? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I just don't think Kisner's the move this week. I, again, if he makes the cut and he proves wrong, that's great. There you go, Kiz. They say, the they say the no hobby. I'm proud of you, buddy. Like good stuff, but. Just give me somebody consistent and like an old head like that. It's just a lot. It's a lot easier, a lot less headaches that way. Fair enough. Are you ready to get into the lineups? Let's do it. All right. My DraftKings lineup. I know I talked a little bit of dirt on him. Scotty Scheffler at 11,000. I want to go back to the well. Bogey avoid what he's really good at. So if he just has a non four round stretch where he's losing eight shots in the field and butting, he might have a really good finish again. And again, he lost eight shots in the field and finished 10th at Augusta National. Think about that. That's freaking mind-blowing. Then I'm going to my big favorite this week, Cam Young at 9,600. Sahith Thigal at 8K. Taylor Moore at 7,400. Thomas Dietrich, 7,100. And Bo Hossler, 6,600. If you want to talk about boom or bust, I will be having explosive diarrhea thinking about this on the weekend. I'm I'm listening to to that lineup and that is terrifying. I mean, we will see come Sunday. They're going to be top ten percent or bottom ten percent. No, you're going to be like top twenty or like last, uh, one or the other. That's going to be a fun one. Um, all right. In terms of my DraftKings, I'd like to think I went a little bit more steady than that. Um, I'm starting with Patrick Cantlay at ten thousand three hundred. Uh, second, give me Xander Shoffley at 9,300. Third, give me Shane Lowry at 8,300. Fourth, give me Matt Kuchar at 7,700. Fifth, give me Siwoo Kim at 7,600. And sixth, give me Akshay Bhatia at 6,800. Respectable, respectable. And then we'll jump over to FanDuel really quickly. I had some money to play around, but stuck with it. Scotty Scheffler at 12,100. Patrick Cantley 11,500. Cam Young, 10,800. Wyndham Clark, 8,700. Taylor Moore, 8,600. And Thomas Dietrich, 8,100. Yeah, there you go. Back to Dietrich. He got him in both lineups. I'm, uh, me enough money. I got to give him another chance. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, I am, I am struggling on FanDuel. My third pick, I am, I current, so I'll just say it. I currently have Victor Hovland in an 11,100. There's about four or five guys in that price range point that I contemplated switching off of Victor to get to. Uh, but currently this is my FanDuel lineup. Uh, Patrick Cantlay at 11,500. Colin Morikawa at 11,300. Victor Hovland at 11,100. Matt Kuchar at 10,000. JT Poston at 8,900. And Akshay Bhatia at 7,100. I don't hate that lineup. I'm actually going to like it a little more than mine if you think about it. I with how I can either go Hovland, Justin Thomas, Xander, Cam Young, or Fitzpatrick. I'm and, biased on Cam Young this week, but Hovland would be a good choice. I think it, he has been chipping a lot better this year. So, and I think I'm going to ride it out with Hovland. I, I've been thinking about going to JT, but um, I might as well stick with Hovland because I, you know, it is, his chipping is kind of coming around. So we're going to take the chance. I love it. And then we will jump into everybody, and by everybody, I mean my favorite part of the week. It is betting time. So I went with six bets um, and a couple wild cards, but by six bets this week, I feel really good about them. Number one is Cam Young, top 30, minus 110. 
wild odds considering he's like the fifth favorite, sixth favorite. Um, Patrick Cantlay, top 20, plus 110. Victor Hovland, top 30, minus 130. And then a couple plus numbers coming at your way. If one of them hits, we're doing fine. Oh, yeah, you saw those. Um, Lower one, Taylor Moore, top 40, plus 185. I think if you can get top 40 at Augusta, you can get top 40 anywhere. Absolutely. Um, So that's more of a flyer. John Rahm, top 20, and round one is plus 200. He's number one in first-round scoring. He's a first-round leader in birdies, average, everything. So I think I really like this number. And then Cam Young, top 20 in round one is plus 400. Obviously, had first-round leader last year. And I think with the play he had first round at Augusta, that just showed he's willing to go for some birdies. Top 20 isn't out of the question. So if one of those hits, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm a... Obviously, if Rom has to like withdraw, it's a little, you know, it's a little unfortunate, and then you'll be down to five bets. Um, but I, I really like the Taylor more bet at T forty plus one eighty five. Um, I was kind of jealous when I saw that. I was like, ooh, I wish I could have gotten to that. Uh, but it worked out well for you. Uh, we're actually going to squat right here, Patrick Cantlay T twenty at plus one ten. Um, we're both going to go on Patrick Cantlay. Let's hope that he doesn't let us do down. with that information you want. We are squat riding. Yeah, just him, just him. Um, my other bets, I'm going to do Xander Shoffley, T20, at plus 130. I'm going to do Shane Lowry, T20, at plus 160. And I'm going to do Matt Kuchar over Wyndham Clark and Sahith Tagala at plus 165. That one's going to be a fun one. Um, again, Wyndham's a bomber. Um, Sahith has those boom-bust days. I'm hoping that course history and, you know, greens and regulation prevail here. That's really all it is. Moment of silence for that bet. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got three others that are all plus. I need two to hit. And then shockingly enough, I have four wildcard picks this week. Um, I thought about adding, and you can see by my notes, I thought about adding some of these to real picks. Yep. Um, Number one, Brian Harmon to miss the cut is plus 210. Might now, be a l- little bit of bias on that one. Just a smidge. Just because well, a... on my do not bet list? What yes. Are you a, I would never root for somebody to miss the cut. <laughs> um, I just think, I don't think he's playing to what he normally does. Um, I think he's being exposed right now for a little bit of misses and putting and everything. So I think at plus 210 to miss the cut, it's a good advantage to take. Do you want to put Brian? Do you want to put that one as your alternate if John Rahm ends up withdrawing? No, as I'll your... do my next one as my alternate. Okay, perfect. Just checking. My next one is Cam Young to have an eagle in round one. Weather looks premium. I'm sure they're going to give him a prime tea time on Thursday just for everybody coming out. So I think that with his capability of pin seeking, an eagle is not out of the question. So there's only three par fives and the average, the highest Eagle percentage on any of them is three and a half percent. And I want to say 15, 14, one of the ones on the back nine, there's not a lot of Eagles that happen on this course. So that's a very interesting uh, wild pick there. For, that's why but, it's a wild card, but at plus seven fifty, Yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. And for the record, if John Rom does withdraw, I'm just going to stick with my five. I'm uh, totally okay with it. Gotcha. Um, okay. Then my next two, which are crazy odds as well. Number one, Patrick Cantlay bogey free round is plus 700. He proved four days at Augusta that he was bogey avoidant um, and not necessarily a birdie finder for a lot of the Sunday, um, but he was playing really steady. And I think this course is a little more familiar on. He has the tradition of not playing well at majors. So I think this is a familiar course and I think he could play well. 
Yep. And then um, a little bit riskier play. This <laughs> is funny as that sounds compared to my last three. Patrick Cantlay, Cam Young, and Colin Morikawa. Top 20 parlay at plus 831. Not sure why the one was included, but 831 is the number. There you go. Uh, I don't hate that. The Cantlay Young Morikawa. Um, that's a that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, my wildcard picks are a lot more generic. They're all top 20s, um, and they're all on guys that are genuine, just kind of flyers in different spots. Um, Jack's giving me a side eye because it's not the third one. <laughs> yes, the third one. <laughs> exactly. Um, so first one is JT Post in top 20 at plus 290. Uh, that one is probably the most sensible and, and realistic one of the three. Um, the second one is Ben Martin, top 20 at plus 400. Um, we still have good odds of hitting plus 400 so far. I think I've limited those a little bit because I've bet a few 400s and they've lost, but there was a stretch there where I think we hit about six plus 400s in a row. Yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, the third one, which Jack is, is uh, giving me the side eye on, is Luke Donald, top 20 at plus 900. Um, again, that's just a, a course history thing more than anything else and the fact that He's played so good at this course for so long. Um, even though he's old, I know that he can still get the job done on it. I love it. And then we'll go to some winner's picks this week. It's Cam Young time. It's Cam Young's world. We're just living in it. I'm really liking it this week. I think it's between probably him and Cantley would be my 1A and 1B. And I'm riding Cam Young. And then uh, going to Stuart Sink, one of my favorite golfers of all time. He's got three red jackets he's got the plaid stacked in the crib so i like him a lot this week well i like him a lot this week personally um you never know that fourth jacket might make an even number come through there you go i i am realizing we both took kind of a top end guy and then a quote-unquote like older guy on tour uh which i think is kind of funny um having jack have cam young in both wild picks winners bets and both lineups i think is, i'm oh for two on doing that before this year too <laughs> it's a little terrifying it makes me quite happy that i don't have any cam young personally uh, so that way i could just watch jack sweat it out all week as he's as he's looking over it um my winner's picks i'm starting off with patrick cantlay um i'm using him this week i thought about saving him for the tour championship in all actuality, I you can if you want. If you don't use him here, this is that's probably the next best spot to put him in. Um, but I want to win this week, and I think Patrick Cantlay has a good chance of doing it. So I'm starting with him. Uh, my second winner's pick is actually going to be Matt Kuchar. Um, again, it's a course history thing. The guy makes tons of cuts. He's got plenty of you know top fives here. Um, so I think it could happen again. And, and, and if Matt Kuchar's finishing top five and Patrick Cantlay's winning – it's a real fucking good winner's week. That's all I'm gonna say. So we're gonna we're gonna take it. Listen, this is awesome week. It's really <laughs> sad to see a couple of guys withdraw Rory, J Day, and Will Zalatoris. You know, I'm sure you're listening right now. You know, hope you're doing well. <laughs> well, I know you love our podcast. So um hope everything goes well for those guys. I know playing golf, especially with a lot of these PIP and incentive and elevated events, they're playing golf a lot more than I think they might want to. And I know they've already revamped it for 2024. It's going to be a fun week. A lot of sights, a lot of sounds. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, last thing. So next week is the Zurich Classic. Um, I don't know if we're going to end up doing a podcast on the Zurich just because it's the betting odds are always tough. It might be abbreviated. I know I'm doing a lot of traveling next week. Um, you might get like a 10, 15 minute jackpot. You might end up not getting any pod. Um, but just know that regardless, we're going to be back in, in two weeks for the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Um, so we'll be there for that. 
Um, just know that next week with it being Zurich, it might either be abbreviated or we might just not have it. We're, we're kind of depends on what odds are going out. There's not really much we can cover. It's kind of like best of luck to Cantlay and Xander on winning their 75th, you know, edition of this. Yeah, Cantlay and Xander are going to be high owned, and the odds are going to suck. Um, so just use your best judgment, and and hopefully it works for you. That's really all we can do. Um, but keep an eye out for that. That'll be coming out next week on Tuesday if it does come out. Otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks. But let's go out there and win a bunch of money this week, and then we'll go through and we'll do a big revamp for the week uh, starting in Mexico. That sounds like a plan. All right, let's do it. Let's go out there and win some money. Have a good one. Doses.